And the opinions expressed during the show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or ownership of WGCH Radio. Good morning and welcome to Fashion Friday. I'm having technical difficulties already this morning. <laughs> all good, all good. So welcome. So the fashion world is shifting gears once again. Uh, by that I mean Fashion Week has wrapped up in New York and uh, it's also wrapped up in London. So I mean basically all shows presented basically in new innovative ways as we know. Um, we saw that happen in New York. New York was the first to um, you know, adapt to this pandemic world we're living in, um, and so uh, of course London was. It's it's interesting to see how each city adapts to it and changes. And basically, most of them had virtual shows, and they also had lookbook presentations. So. What's a lookbook, you might wonder. I just about, I turned my <laughs> mic on, and she must have known I was going to ask. Well, uh, basically a lookbook is, and it could be, there's this, a, a bit of a spectrum on this. This could be something very, very simple, or it could be more intricate and complex. So the simple version is basically like a catalog. Think of a catalog. It's just photos of all of the looks they're usually a little number, and um, it's handed out to press. It's handed out to um, basically, well, not always. Sometimes if you go to a live fashion show, there's a lookbook on the seats, but not on every seat. It's on, like, front row, press, um, individuals that are going to directly uh, correspond with the designer or the showroom of the designer. So it, it just is all the looks. So you watch the show and then you can take your lookbook and leave. And let's say I'm a buyer for Saks Fifth Avenue. I then can go back to the office and flip through. I have a hard copy of all the photos. Of course, everyone nowadays takes videos and images with their smartphone, but you have um, a quick reference and you can basically call the showroom and say, hey, we want to buy, you know, look number 17, look number 31 and look number 20. And there you go. So it's all numbered and worked out. So you don't have to say, oh, I want the red dress, you know, so which one? Um, and it's all kind of uh, that. That's the short, short answer. It can be more involved. It can. I've seen lookbooks that are um, explaining the designer's vision and explaining their, um, you know, what each look is about and uh, the creativity end of it. So that's it. In in essence, that's what a lookbook is. And uh, the whole point is, do you like the way it looks? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I had a question that, that came up as that you were started talking about fashion shows, and I'm just kind of curious, uh, what business reason does a, a company put on a passion, fashion show for? Well, you're having still technical difficulties, eh? Sorry, sorry. Okay, now I can hear you. Um, so the question was, what business reason? Yeah, because obviously that's what's being impacted by the COVID issues yeah. right now. Uh, and I'm wondering... Well, I mean, they still have to – you mean why would they have I a mean, show at all? Do they lose money if they don't put on a show, a fashion show? Uh, yes. Oh. I think so. 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a designer. I'm not, uh, you know, directly in that world, but I'm indirectly in that world. I would say absolutely. Hmm. Um, because if you think about this, not that we, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they'd still survive. But if you think about this, everything, even if you have no interest in fashion whatsoever, A, everyone has to put clothes on their body. So to some degree, you are impacted. Maybe it's teeny tiny and you said, I could care less. But at the end of the day, you have to buy clothes at some point in your life. And so – Well, the lookbook could still happen. Um, Yeah. But I'm just wondering, the fashion show itself is an issue right now. Yeah. Although they they were able to do it uh, virtually. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're adapting to it. Mm. I think it's just a part of it. I think it's it's also a feel and sort of and you know it creates an environment. I mean, there's a, mm-hmm. it's a really I, I don't even know if I can describe it accurately in words. It's a little bit like going to a Broadway show. You know, you're sitting in the audience. You're excited. You're waiting. You're probably going to see a show. Maybe it's a famous actor, or maybe not, or maybe it's just a storyline, or or maybe not. Maybe you know nothing about the show. But and then it starts. It's the lighting. It's the music. It's the costumes. It's the singing or the dancing or whatever or the acting. If it's a play, it's all of it wrapped up in one. It's a little like that. It's very theatrical. Theatrical, a fashion show, and again, that could run the gamut from you know simple just runway models to these full-on presentations like they do at Chanel and some of the really bigger houses. Um, you know, it's an experience, and it's really, really cool. And again, I see a lot of people that you know. A lot of times, I see husbands coming with their wives. Um, I see people that. You know, they'll say, well, not really. They don't necessarily, they're not in the fashion industry, but they appreciate the art of it. They appreciate what the designer has done. And it's it's definitely fantasy. Um, so is it necessary? Um, I think to some degree, yes, because I think here's the other thing. I think it gives people hope. I think that no matter what position we're in, not just in today's world, I think it's a little bit of fantasy. And it's like you watching someone else's dream come true. And everybody likes that. So there's that aspect. Then, of course, there's the financial aspect. It's like, okay, well, this production has happened, and now they're they're waiting for the orders to come in from the buyers and the editors and so forth to purchase the clothes. So I guess if I was going to fine-tune my question, it's, it's the, the ones that are not putting on a fashion show mm-hmm. this year just because of COVID. Yeah. Are they losing money? Are are they saying come back next year we'll be back with something next year and and that works okay i wonder i don't know mm. that's a good question i would think if they have another way to advertise because it's the other thing it's a huge way of ad- advertising well they all do they all could be in a magazine or not a magazine i don't know on tv yeah or, i yeah, guess in videos um i don't know I, i'm not sure because i just think of the chain of of what happens you know editors then pick looks to go into magazines. We then read the magazine. Buyers buy stuff to go into stores. But we, we do then... have a special situation this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I agree. So I don't know because if you don't have the show, all of that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So people pick stuff to go into stores. People pick stuff. And, yes, it can happen with just a lookbook. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. It's definitely not the same. No, of course. You know? and, mm-hmm. and I think it's, it's, it's lacking. I don't know if it, would direct, if it would really impact their business. I would think it would. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it would. Um, because if that were the case, I think a lot there would be a lot less fashion shows happening. Hmm. That's what I well, think. Well, yeah. 
I know what you're saying. And there's a you know, in in a regular world, in a well, non-pandemic yeah. yes. world. Yes, because then you definitely need to compete at least. Right, right. And if everybody else is doing a fashion show and you don't, well, then you're standing out for the wrong reason. Right, right. Mm. Yeah. And, and again, it's, a, you know, a way to spread the word. It's something fun and interesting. And even for not for those who, who get to attend, it's now everything is online. Yeah. You know, and yeah. even even in a normal situation. Um, if you go to the shows, okay, you may not see it live, but five minutes later, you can see it online. <laughs> you can either find it on social media because someone has posted it, or it will be on the brand's website. So you can actually, and I know that's relatively new, that hasn't always been the case, but that's, you know, has started a few years ago where you could still see the full show, just it might take a day or a couple of hours, but you could go to the brand's website, you could see the actual show. <laughs> so... Um, again, it's another form of advertising, and I think if we didn't have it, I think there would just be a miss. And I don't know, just working strictly off of a lookbook, I'm not sure. Here's the other thing. You get to see how the clothing moves, too, as well, on an actual person. Um, so and Yeah, and whether their execution is as good as their... Their design ideas. Right, yeah. right. Because then what happens, the next step in the editorial world and in the from a buyer's standpoint, after they go to the show, or even if they don't go to the show, there are appointments that hopefully get booked for that. That designer saying, hopefully appointments get booked f- with buyers and they come to their showroom. Their showroom is where they have salespeople working and mm. selling and they'll, they'll sit with the lookbook mm-hmm. and if, and they'll have all of the clothes, the, their sample clothes. So they'll have one of everything on racks where buyers can actually see up close and personal, touch it, feel it and look at the craftsmanship and say, you know, okay, Saks will take 200 of that blue sweater, you know, and we'll take 75 of the purple skirt. Um, so that's what happens after the fashion show. Hmm. So that still has to happen in order to then have the clothes be made, manufactured, and shipped to stores. So without that happening, we would have no clothes hmm. to buy in stores, probably or online, if I'm thinking about that too, because I'm sure there's now a separate buyer for online. There would have to be for, you know, let's say Nordstrom. I'm sure they've got online buyers and in-store buyers, I, w- I would think. Maybe, maybe not, but. But interesting how it all comes together. Yeah. So um, some of the tr- key trends that were kind of making the rounds this fall, um, these are some things I saw online from London Fashion Week. So vintage-inspired collars. I like this trend. So basically all of the collars were kind of oversized. Some were more like a Peter Pan collar, so that's kind of rounded. Um, some or some people call it. There's another name for it. I call it a Peter Pan collar. It's a rounded collar. Um, I want to say some people call it a. Oh gosh, it won't, it'll come to me. Anyway, um, lace collars, extra large collars, over exaggerated collars. Um, there were lots of um, lots of this, and I, I've seen this already in stores. So examples: H and M, Pixie Market, both of those online uh, their websites show examples of this. And this is something I like because it's a collar. So it's not like a huge commitment like, oh, like a color or specific style. It's just a collar. And you can decide how exaggerated you want it to be or or not. Are these stand-up collars too? 
Yes, there were some good question. There were some more Victorian looking stand up collars, kind mm. of like lace trim, high neck mm. stand up collar, as well as kind of laying down collars. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they were both, which mm. again, I really like. That's such, it's a subtle detail, but I think it could make a really wonderful statement in, a, in an outfit. It could just be a white blouse with a beautiful s- collar. Um, there were also lots of uh, tailored blazers done in eclectic patterns my favorite, slouchy fits, and color blocking. So, you know, I hate to say this, nothing new. But I like the way they kind of, it's almost like um, it reminds me, you know, when you're playing solitaire and you deal out the cards and then at some point you have to shuffle the cards again. So it's the same cards, you're just shuffling them <laughs> and then redoing. It reminds me a little bit of that fashion. You just We're just reshuffling the cards and sometimes the card gets a little makeover. Um, so... Lots of tailored blazers. I'm a blazer girl. Um, if anyone can see my Instagram, you'll know or follows me along on social media. You know I'm a blazer type of girl. And done in eclectic patterns. So interesting fabrics. And it's funny. I thought about a blazer I just recently purchased this season. And it's basically tweed. The front of it is tweed. The back of it is plaid and a lighter material, almost like a men's suiting material, but the pattern is plaid and the front of it is a thicker nubby tweed. Yeah, so it's actually two different fabrics and two different patterns. So the front of it is like a mustardy color tweed. The back of it is a brown plaid. And then it's got oversized pockets. Almost looks like a um, a jacket you'd wear to go... Um, Clay shooting, what do they call that? Skeet, skeet, shooting? yeah, yeah, skeet, yeah, something like that, or something on the English countryside. It's uh, it's tailored like that. So, um, so I that made me think of this, you know, eclectic patterns and slouchy fits, meaning that whole boyfriend style. That's what a slouchy fit means. Um, so it's oversized. I also bought one of these too this season. Now I think about it, um, oversized but still fitting. So that's the trick. I think sometimes people get that confusing as. It makes sense. It would be confusing. So it's it needs to fit in your shoulders. That's the easiest tip I can give. It needs to fit in the shoulders. If it's too big in the shoulders, then it looks like it's just too big. Um, and then it could be boxy. It doesn't have to be tailored into your body. It could be very square and boxy. It could be longer, a little longer than you normally would wear. Um, I don't mind this the length, the sleeve length. I know some people are very particular about, you know, the sleeve ending at your knuckles. I don't mind if it's a little long or a little short because I generally kind of push my sleeves up. It's just my – it's like a styling thing, I think. I think all stylists I know end up doing that. They kind of – they call it zhuzhing. They kind of sh- put the sleeves up just because you have to do something, kind of manipulate it somehow to make it yours or you're belting it or something like that. Um, so that's um, the look for – the um, blazers. The other thing I saw a lot of was um, classic white shirt redone. Now, we saw this for spring of this past year. Actually, we didn't really see this. We saw more sweats <laughs> and loungewear. But um, that was a trend that was pretty hot for the spring. So that continues to for spring 2021, but with more exaggerated cuffs and collars. I love this. This is basically just taking a white blouse and making like a puff sleeve or making a balloon sleeve or making an exaggerated collar, a stand-up collar. Um, maybe it's a wider blouse and it's meant to be belted to kind of give you a nice silhouette. Maybe it's a fitted tailor blouse and it has extra long um, French 
stretch cuffs, the kind of you fold back. I love all of it because why? It's it's basically a staple. It's you can wear it with anything, anywhere, jeans and sneakers to, you know, a dressy trouser or under a suit. Um, I think this is clearly something that is um, – and what I like also about this is there were a lot of um, different price points. Like I've already seen a classic white shirt kind of with different details in Zara. And we know it's, you know, as the British call it, the high street. So the, the uh, you know, affordable brands are doing it as well as the designers. And then last but not least, what would be Fashion Week without talk about color – Um, standout color trends, the biggest one I saw during London Fashion Week, and I love this. And again, this is for spring 2021. It was red. (laughs) I was like, yes, I love red. I love a good red. And this was bold and bright. Um, And after we've had several seasons of everything being very neutral, that's been the trend in the fashion world, neutral, 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 very, even into this fall, which I loved. It was a nice departure. I think it's great that we're kind of pivoting. And also spring, it's too easy to say, well, it's pastels. Okay, well, we know that. Pastels, you know, light color. So I like that it's red, very bold red. And spring, For me, that's sort of a sense of, like, revival. Red, to me, isn't – some people think of it as, like, a power color. Some people think of it as fiery or energetic. I think of it as very lively. That's the word that comes to mind when I I think of red. No matter what the color is, unless it's the deepest shade of wine, then, to me, it's a little bit more um, subdued, maybe. (laughs) But um, I like red. So, in summary, I think this – you basically just need to rethink your closet staples because that's basically what I just talked about that we're seeing here in you know London Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week. It'll be interesting to see what Paris and Milan do. And um, so this is what I wanted to pass along, my little takeaway from all of my notes for both Fashion Week so far. I encourage you to shop smart. How, you ask? Number one, shop your closet first. Because, again, all of the things I just mentioned could very well be in your closet. Maybe you don't have a blouse with an over-exaggerated collar, but maybe you've got some one that is just a really great-fitting white blouse. And you can add a wonderful scarf or an inter- interesting um necklace or some brooches maybe it's a cluster of brooches and do something different with the collar um tailored blazers again this this is something that's timeless um so shop your closet first i think it's also smart in today's world to do this the other thing is hosting swap parties for your clothing so gather a couple of girlfriends it doesn't have to be a huge event um since we can't do that these days um you could do it outside you could just gather a couple girls you can still socially distance by the way if you think about this and basically you set a couple guidelines okay everyone's bringing you know five to seven pieces let's say we'll keep it small to begin with or under 10 pieces and the pieces need to be whatever x y and z maybe they're fall clothes maybe it's spring clothes maybe it's um you know nothing too worn you set some guidelines and you do this little swapping exchange thing i think this is great and it's with people you know um, the other thing is upcycling. I can't talk about this enough. I've been doing this. I mean, I've been doing this for years without even realizing it. But now that I'm now that I'm conscious of it, I've been doing it really more and more. So I'll give you an example. I bought a sweater from Nordstrom during the anniversary sale. It happens to be a J. Crew sweater, which I didn't even realize they sold J. Crew, but it was on sale during uh, the anniversary sale in in August from Nordstrom. Up 
just a cardigan, oversized cardigan, kind of a little longer, goes down to my thigh, so a longer cardigan with buttons. It has five buttons in, the, in like a caramel color. I then went and found online, I think it was, I think I found them on, it was eBay or Etsy, one of them, vintage Chanel buttons. And I bought vintage Chanel buttons and replaced the buttons. The Talk about a facelift. The cardigan looks, now I'm not trying to say, oh, it's a Chanel cardigan. No, I just like the detail of it. And um, I've got these, now got these great buttons. And they're black with like a gold trim. So they work really well with the caramel color. It looks really fabulous, I must tell you. So little things like that. Now, I can't, I'm not a tailor, uh, but... A button, I can sew. <laughs> so, um, you know, little details like that, if you can do it. If not, um, any local dry cleaner usually can do simple fixes like that, adding trim or switching out something, swapping out buttons, um, little little tailoring things, <clears throat> unless you have your hands on <clears throat> a great tailor, which I always encourage you. Um, so doing things like that and then add changing details, selling and donating your clothes. I'm a big fan of this. I've been doing this for years as a stylist. I do this for most of my clients. We kind of sometimes we'll do a, a closet purge and we'll decide what to sell, what to donate. I do this myself. And then completing the cycle. So you're selling things and then also shopping vintage and thrift. So you see the kind of circle goes on. So shop vintage or thrift stores. Um, not saying you shouldn't buy new, of course. I would I'm an advocate of 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 buying new and buying vintage. So um but maybe you're buying less and maybe you're buying smarter and buying more sustainable fashion. Um I've made an effort to do this. This was one of my goals I set for this year. Of course not everything in my wardrobe is sustainable. That's that's a little bit challenging, and I have quite the wardrobe. I'd ha- basically have to w- wipe it out and start over, and I don't want to do that. So um, just being conscious of your purchases, of of how it's made, where it's made, all the details that go behind it, the company that's putting this out. And um, I think one thing for me, the global pandemic has taught me is, ugh, I hate to say this, and I hope my husband's not listening, but we I don't need as much stuff. <laughs> don't quote me on that. Um, I just think, because I would think like, okay, it's, oh, it's fall now. All right, let me see. And, and you know, I would shop and I would buy things along. I'm, I have the, the um, luxury of seeing things that people don't see as much or don't see first or don't see as often. So, um, you know, when I'm, I'm looking for things or pulling things for clients, do I see things for myself? Of course. And I have a contact and I can send a text and say, send me that one, you know, um, but that's fringe benefit of the job. So realizing and not being out in those showrooms and those stores, I actually don't really need as much. So again, the point is just to shop smarter. Okay, on that note, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I have my Ask the Stylist segment to share with you, so you won't want to miss it on 1490 WGCH. Fashion Friday with Tina is brought to you by AdCorp Media Group, a full-service local advertising agency that offers a range of marketing, web, social media, and design services for local business owners. At AdCorp, they take your business personally because they know that you do. By learning everything there is to know about how to run your business, the value of your products and services, and who your target is, they'll create a personalized business plan to communicate your message to your audience. They offer logo and branding development, digital and web design, social media management, and more. 
Are you ready to grow your business? Call AdCorp Media Group now at 1-877-323-2677 or visit them at adcorpmg.com. AdCorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally, as personally as you do. Welcome back to Fashion Friday. Okay, so I started a new tab. If you haven't seen it, you should. Go to wardrobeenvy.com. It's wardrobe hyphen, the little dash, envyenvy.com. And you'll see in the upper left corner, there are the three, three little lines. You click on the lines and there's an ask the stylist tab. So I've promoted this on my Instagram, on my social media, and I've gotten lots of questions. So I'm picking a question a week. Maybe I'll start to do more, but um, for now we're doing one a week and I'm reading it online and answering. And I read all of the questions, by the way, and answer everyone, but I also like to share with the listeners. So this week's question was, what are the best shoes to wear with skinny jeans? I thought this was interesting because we, we, I haven't been talking about skinny jeans. I've been talking about everything, but so here's my answer. Skinny jeans, silhouette, fitted to the leg. I have three options. Pointed toe shoe or pointed toe boot since we're into fall, which I love. Very sleek. Um, It could be a flat boot, but I I prefer a heel and more of a pointed toe. It's going to elongate the leg and something kind of fitted on your your, um, leg. Second option, square-toed pumps. Love this option. Square toes has come back. We've seen this before. It's very 60s. Um, but I love this idea. It's very, um, it's cute for date night or going out with the girls. Um, a skinny jean, maybe it's a cropped skinny and then a square toed pump. And then the third is my favorite, a mule. So something that just slides on, easy to wear. Um, this is great for in between seasons. A mule is good for right now. So if you don't have a mule in your closet, and again, this could be a small little kitten heel or a little bit more of a higher heel, a mule is really great for spring and fall. So something to think about, maybe you want to invest in um, one of these three. So those are my suggestions for the skinny jeans. So thank you for the questions. Please continue. Don't forget, ask the stylist. It's on wardrobebenby.com and I will read all the questions here on the show. Um, Before we go, I want to give you a quick, I have a bird update, Bob. So the birds. Oh, yes. (laughs) Let me just tell you. Bird feeder on the window. The cardinal makes an appearance once a week. A week? That I know. That I know. Maybe she's there. I'm calling it a her. Maybe she's there more, but I see her once a week for sure. Well, you can tell male or female, but the the male cardinal is very bright red. The female is almost brown. Oh, interesting. So then this is a male. Okay. Okay, so he. The Blue Jays come in couples now. Mm. They come in twos. And sometimes there's four of them, but they're in twos all the time. And they they seem to fight sometimes (laughs) with each other. I'm like... Must be married. (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) And then the smaller little ones, I think they're Finch. I think they're mixed. Little ones, they are always the last ones to eat. It's literally like a pecking order. And they line up. And they eat the smaller seeds. The blue jays seem to eat the big ones. Mm-hmm. And then I'll check the feeder and I'll see, oh, there's only little ones, small. So, yeah, they eat the small ones, the small birds. Maybe their bellies get fuller quicker. I don't know because they have small. I don't know. So I'm interested to what's going to happen in the winter, by the way. Are they going to be around? I'm definitely going to keep feeding them. So, or are they not? I think they will. If I'm feeding My theory, them, yes. They will. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, well, that'll do it for another. That's the bird fashion update, by the way. (laughs) Join me next week for more Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH.
1490 and FM 105.5 WGCH Greenwich. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. FBI Director Chris Ray testifying to lawmakers that the Bureau is focused on preserving the integrity of U.S. elections. But Ray said the FBI has not seen historically any kind of coordinated national fraud effort in a major election, whether by mail or otherwise. This morning, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows had this to say about Ray's comments. Well, with all due respect to Director Ray, he has a hard time finding emails in his own FBI, uh, let alone uh, figuring out whether there's any kind of voter fraud. This is a very different case. The rules are being changed. He spoke on CBS this morning, reiterating President Trump's concerns that mostly mail-in ballots would amount to a fraudulent election. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Balance of Nature. Changing the world one life at a time. My name is Dr. Roger Bond. I've been in practice for around 30 years now. One of the products that I recommend to my patients, I highly recommend, is Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables. Back in the early 2000s, I began to have some respiratory issues that affected my practice. It affected my family life to the point where I'd come home from work and basically just lay down on the carpet because I was so tired.